Are we going to do a formal introduction or was that it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Broken Rules Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me and my esteemed colleague, Dr. Aaron Jackson, um, in our discussion of what we kind of hope to be a rundown of our favourite head races because we're smack bang in the middle of head race season. And head races can be pretty good. They are indeed, and we are indeed. Dr. Hines, old friend, old crewmate, old buddy, old rowing compatriot. I, I was caught there momentarily between compadre and compatriot. Could you tell there was there was like a hesitation on the M? I I I I'm I'm entirely happy to go for compadre. That 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 sounds good. Okay old compadre so so we're talking about head racing we're not talking about for example uh, the fact that unless i get out of the habit of looking to my left when in central europe i'm going to end up a smear on the windscreen of a fat german businessman's bmw you've you've got to work on that um i did hear i i remember this story um from a girl i knew in an entirely non-biblical sense i'm just going to point that one out called megan um in university and she told the story that when she was over here her mum was saying it was you know it's like had like nightly conversations about you know stranger danger and grooming gangs and safe sex and like the evils of boys and all these things all these terrible things that were going to happen to her when she spent a year in london and her dad just came along and said, when you get to a road, look right first, then left. That was it. That was her only only advice. That was the only thing he cared about. It's like, when you cross the road, look right, then left. And it's the same thing when you get to Europe or America, but not Australia. Look left, then right. Because they drive on a funny side. And they, they drive on a funny side. They drive on a funny side and, and they, they don't take any prisoners. If, if um, you know, you have that thing in the UK where, oh, it, I can just about get across there. No, in, in Europe, if, if it's their right of way, their foot is down and, and they're going and for they, the last time at the Nürburgring. It, it is one of the slightly bizarre things about, um, about Great Britain. We have very, very safe roads. Um, I, I know people will tell you differently and they will talk about the carnage on the roads, but uh, we consistently have um, somewhere between the third and the fifth safest roads in Europe, and it's only Denmark and Switzerland that are safer than us, but they are considerably safer. Are you saying that if we'd kept all of the Nazi gold like Switzerland did, we'd have a decent road system? I'm saying if we kept all of the Nazi gold, we'd have had a pretty good anything system, pretty much, um, because that, that was a fair amount of gold. Um, yeah, no, no, it's um, the the Swiss are the Swiss are very keen on orderly road safety, and I think the, I'm not quite sure how the Danes have managed it. Um, I I know this. If you own a car in Switzerland. Like your number plate, there's a public directory of everybody's number plate. So if you knock someone down, they can come round to your house and punch you. Quite literally, or if you just cut them up, mm. they can literally they they get your phone number, they can ring you up and complain. I like that. Alone, it, if... it, it's. I think you know. Partly, I look at it and say. That is like literally the most grotesque invasion of privacy of all time. And then you also think that probably stops people from cutting you up on a fairly regular basis. Mm. I mean, you'd probably be a lot more polite about it. I think in Britain, though, we'd abuse the system. You only have to look at the way we react on things like Twitter and social media, where we the very worst of, of, of our island race appears to just use it as a, as a dump for the very worst thoughts in its brain. Sorry um, about that. <laughs> Rimshot symbol. Um, I'm glad that you're, you're, I'm glad that your friend was warned about the evils of boys. I, I think that is eminently sensible. Are we, are we at some point going to do the cultural stereotypes episode, including, you know, the English, so we can say things like Germans, surprisingly tall and a lot funnier than you think. Um, I was, 
I was going to be a lot funnier about the Germans than that, but I, we probably should do a cultural stereotypes thing. But I do actually think at the moment we should do like a genuine, honest to God, head race episode. Well, let's do it then, because I mean, the... we, I mean, I do you think there are any of our listeners, actually, our indoor rowing listeners, might need to know what a head race is? Well, it's but a what's race. The difference between a regatta. A regatta. Regardless. Have you gone all southern on me? Have you just gone southern? <laughs> Have you pulled the southern? A regatta. And uh, get, getting that imaginary R in there for, for the state, sake of received pronunciation. <laughs> and a head race. So, Aaron, how do we set up a regatta? Well, the fundamental difference between a, a regatta, as I now know it's pronounced, and a head race is... A head race is the ancient, old and venerable practice of racing for people's heads over a distance uh, between September and March in the rowing calendar in the UK of anywhere from about, I don't know, 800 metres up to about 6,000 metres. And if you win, you get to go around with a large sword and chop the heads off all of your competitors. That's why we call it a head race. No? I like that explanation. Let's just go there. Let's, let's just... Because... To be honest, that will get most of the people I know in indoor rowing into water rowing. It's like, you mean I get to chop somebody's heads off? Brilliant. And they're just straight in there. Uh, no, no, Aaron, that, that is not the precise definition of a head race. A head race is a processional time trial where you and your opposition go off at fixed intervals from a rolling start and you... Um, you don't directly race someone else. You race the clock in a number of different categories based on boat type and experience and age levels. A regatta. Regatta. Regatta is a side-by-side -side race. Um, now, the weird thing about regattas and head races is that they happen at different times of the year. They do. So... Um, it's very much considered, and I wish I knew why, but it's very much considered that a regatta is something that happens in the summer after the boat race has happened. Yeah. And a head race is something that happens in the autumn and winter after Cambridge and Gloss and Ross have happened. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and, so and again, of... for, for the indoor rowing listeners, Cambridge regatta is a very short, sprinty regatta in the fields outside Cambridge, and Glossom Ross is a short, very drunken regatta that takes all weekend um, in the fields of Gloucestershire and Ross and White. Oh, well, actually, I've never done, um, I think I've done Gloucester, Bristol and Ross once, but I don't remember it being done on a field. So you're saying that those two regattas are, 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 are we, we race across a muddy field? What what, what do we do? No, we, we, we race down a river in a muddy field. Um, and usually by that point, it's late summer, so it's quite a dry field. Okay. Speaking of racing across fields, I don't know if you were in our boat on this particular excursion, but it was a head race. It was Chester Head. And we had uh, we had the mighty Hancock in the boat, and because the mighty Hancock is highly technical and literate and technicality and all that he does, he took his GPS with him. But but th there was a problem there, wasn't it? Because this was this wasn't like modern GPS on your phone, which can like you know in twenty twenty two you can sort of find your way to the South Pole with hmm. nothing more than a couple of days battery. This was this was like two thousand and seven GPS. This was old school. You you had to um, you had to fire it with coal, and it used pigeons flying to a satellite just orbiting the Earth and back to plot your position. Indeed. And I, I believe that that we won. So yay us! And um, it took when we broke down because Mark was very into telemetry even before he joined Lewis Hamilton's um, uh, Formula One winning team. Um, it, he broke it down and it, and it appeared that we had we had beaten the opposition by rowing across a muddy field and down a train track. And as Ali Chapman said at the time, Agecroft, we, we don't stop for trains or fields, I believe was the was the captain's response. Um, I, I believe in this modern day and age, this uh, this process is known as Strava magic. Strava magic. 
Strava Magic when your what when your trace on 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 Strava Map um, in the most extreme case it has actually taken me to kind of about ten thousand kilometers directly south into Africa. How was that for you? Um, surprisingly uneventful, um, but Strava, Strava seemed to think that I was, uh, I, I've been rowing very, very fast that day. I mean, genuinely quite, you know, jet plane fast. It's um, possible. I've seen your recent splits. Uh, but anyway, that was, well, um, so the head is... yes. So yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yesterday I believe your home water conducted the Rutherford head race. Is this the right? mighty muddy waters of the Tyne, the Tyne, the mucky Tyne, the queen of all the rivers. I'm not sure why we call the Tyne a she, but we call Father Thames a he. Although we only call Father Thames a he um, outside of Oxford, where it's the Isis and the she. It's Our naming etymologies in this country are really weird. Well, no, of course not. I mean, it's like... If these things made sense, I mean, have you have you ever looked at Norse mythology? I mean, I've only like like tiny little, but you can well, tell that they were on the mead and the special mead with the mushrooms. They were on the special psychedelic mead. Yeah, <laughs> they were big on the psychedelic mead. Yes, I've 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 read my my Norse mythologies and and such like. Um, there's a lot of feminine and masculine, and you know land cycles and the cycle of life death and rebirth and fertilization and fisher kings and all of that kind of stuff which was also it was a thing before it was a movie with robin williams in it uh, yeah so the tie in the time the mucky tie in the queen of all the rivers uh yesterday was rutherford head and i'm going to go out on a limb and and i can i'm after i say this i will hear the sound of people clicking off this episode uh, i think it's the best head race in the country so there, and no, I'm not going to explain why. It's going to be a really short podcast. You're going to have to do it a bit because a lot of people will be thinking, aha, but the eight's head. But do you enjoy the eight's head? Have you ever like, been to an eight's head and thought, that was great? What yeah. a day. I can't wait to do that again. Because like, you never have. Yeah, 2010, um, I think... Ali Chapman, God bless him, I still haven't forgiven him, when we had the fastest day to Agecroft, I think, forgot to put our entry in. And when, and, and when Dennis said, have you put your entry in, Ali went, oh, I, I thought you were doing it. And he went, no, no, you're captain, it's your responsibility. And, uh, and that was the point um, when, when we lynched him from the, nearest, from the nearest strut in the boat bay. So I believe in 2010, you drafted me into a composite crew and we literally met on the landing stage and rode together on the way up and smashed it down the course. And it was one of the most fun head of the rivers I can remember. But I think the head of the river is more of a jamboree than a head race. It's like a gathering of the tribes. Yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, this is the thing because it's so spread out and there are so many different that you, you can you can know that you're going to be on the same river as like one of your bestest ever mates in all of rowing. Yeah. And you're going to be at different ends of the Martian era. You're going to be at different clubs where you're boating. You're going to be at different pubs afterwards. And it's just so spread out. It's not really... It's, it's not like an event where everything is like condensed in. There isn't, it needs a social secretary. I yeah, mean, all, all of the big London head races, with the possible exception of Pear's Head, which just seems a little bit more chilled out, need a proper social secretary. But is there not the unwritten rule that even though you might be spread far and wide across London, and actually... It's one of those funny ones that wherever you boat from, you essentially have to row the course back. So, you know, if, if you if you start at Putney and you go up to the start, you know, you, you, you've done the course in reverse. If you start, where did we boat from in 2010? It was up above, above Hammersmith. Yeah, I think it's Fernville Gardens. Yeah. 
So we did we did the race, and then we had to row all the way back to um, uh, you know. So y- you end up getting a decent session in, and to be fair, we rode magically on the way back. We rode with with we rode with complete brute force, agecroft type commitment, gritted teeth, an absolute barbarian um, hoon on the way down, which was what made it so fun. Yeah. But is there is there not the unwritten rule that once you've finished and you you've re-racked your boat, everybody meets at the blue anchor and tells lies about how well they've done? No, no, really? because it, it's just not big enough. I mean, the Blue Anchor is a nice, albeit I went to it recently, incredibly expensive pub. Yeah, um, it's like the price of a small terraced house in the northeast for a pint, and and that was then. Now I could probably buy the quid. Of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's the the price of a you know getting around in in the Blue Anchor is just like. I think I'm just going to get my credit card out. This, yeah, it's expensive. It's a bit of a shocker. It really is. Um, but, no, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, you know, some people go to the Blue Anchor. Some people go to the Dove. Some people go, there's a big pub down in Putney. Some people can't be bothered to leave Chiswick, but why would you? It's lovely up there. Um, Chiswick is nice, to be fair. But I I do feel that there's, you know, first of all, getting into central kind of or West London from anywhere else other than West London is a massive pain. So it doesn't matter. Even if, even if you're like at the Lee or something, the drive's going to be horrific. Um. It's a, it, and then and then it's just like you're usually, you usually you don't have a clubhouse or anything to boat from. You're kind of like you're going to be just like outdoors, yeah, next to your trailer. You might have like a two hundred yard walk to the nearest toilet, yeah. um, and while it's immensely prestigious, I kind of think that if you you know the people who did the eight head just for a laugh, I I just kind of think. Did you do the same race as me? It, it it was like, you know, the race is good. The race is really hard. It goes through incredibly memorable, important scenery. Anybody who's like watched the boat race more than three times knows where they are pretty much. They know, right, oh, gold blimey, going past Craven Cottage, etc. Um, we're, we're almost there. We're really going to have to put the work on. All that, I, I accept. I think it's really good. Um, but it's ju- I don't find it an enjoyable day out. And I also, right. you know, if you compare it to, let's say, a village head, something like, I don't know, Wallingford, you can go to Wallingford and you can race two times, three times if you save yourself on the first time out. Isn't you, that can't, you, can't, you can't really do that. Well, I mean, you can't do that at all. There's you just can't do that at all. You'll row the course twice ahead of the river, but you won't race it twice ahead yeah. of the river. Um, so are we discounting head of the river from our The Best Heads in Existence episode on the grounds that it's a wonderful event, it's a huge jamboree, it's a gathering of the tribes, but actually it's a bit everyone turns up, does their thing, and then sods off? That's been my experience. Because I'm massively antisocial, but I, I haven't sort of done it properly. But there you go. Okay, so I'm going to make the case. I'm going to make a bit of a case for Rutherford Head. I don't mm. think you've ever done Rutherford Head. Um, I don't. I, okay. I've only ever been that far north in an aeroplane. Probably sensible. You would have been shot on sight if you been suspected of being a southerner. Um, I'm going to I'm going to float a suggestion and I'm sure that Haley is going to say no but but why don't you come up next year and we'll do it in a in a in a mixed quad what with presuming Hayley? that I presuming that I still have some function some functional kidneys bring bring James Knight up or something or Andy Hodge would be be good. Jack Beaumont would also be good uh, and we'll we'll you know I'll grab someone from from our side and we'll just go and smack it down the course just do and a concert say, quad yes yeah. Go on then. Let's aim for that. Let's aim for Rutherford. 
Um, hopefully, work will be considerably more sane this time next year. Yeah. Um, it's not your distance, though. It's not eight hundred meters. It's a it's a proper five or six kilometer, you know, grunt piece. I I I can live with like I can live with the longer pieces. I I will admit that I do quite like the slightly shorter, the three k and under head races. Um, is it does it require a great degree of watermanship and steering? Now we get to it because because I I think there. If you're not, if there isn't at least like one handbrake turn yeah. in a head race course, such as you know that last turn on Chester, um, such as most of the the Maidstone small boats head, I I really love like the challenge. That 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 is one of the best things I think about head races is that you can do really really fast racing on a course that you could never have a side-by-side regatta on. Yes, it is. It is a waterman's or waterwoman's course. And, and I, it's not a drag race like the like the boat race was a couple of years ago during COVID when it was basically a straight line sprint, which was a wonderful spectacle. But, but essentially, for those who've never rode on the Tyne, it is, it is, despite the best efforts of the best efforts of heavy industry, it is still a living river. It it has north. It has the North Sea coming into it and leaving it twice a day. It has a vast amount of tributaries in it. When the tide is up, you can get all the way up to up to Wylam, and it's like rowing in a sylvan rural paradise. When the tide is out, you can still get down the Rutherford course, which is if I can see you're googling. I if am. You look, if you if you look up Newburn Bridge or or or, or Tyne United or Tyne Amateur, so essentially you boat from one of those. Um, if you're one of the university clubs like Newcastle, you boat from your own steps. You row down towards Newcastle, all the way to Scotswood Bridge. Uh, yes. You marshal okay, so it. Scotswood- I, I, I found Newburn Bridge. Okay. And then, the, oh, blimey, there are some handbrakes in there, aren't there? Yes, there's some interesting. Yes, there's a, there's a dog leg. There's, there's how many bridges can you crash into on the course Three. there's scotswood bridge there's the old railway bridge there's the western bypass bridge and there's newburn bridge and oh, depending man. on depending on where the tide is they're all very different as you approach them um that looks like an absolute classic to be honest it's, a, it's do a, you have to go around the, the massive kind of oxbow lake waiting to happen that left them I'm guessing you're looking at the original Tyne Cut, which is where the river used to go. No, you don't have to go around that. But the other thing that makes it challenging is sometimes you row at slack water with the tide completely out, in which case you only have the current to contend with. Sometimes you row with the tide coming in. Sometimes you row with the tide going out. When the tide is coming in, you would think it would make you faster, but often the water can be moving faster than your boat. So it can be incredibly hard to get a grip on the water. So you have to have you have to have really good hands. You have to be really clever with your with your hands to actually get a lock on and and, and move the boat well. Okay. When you're rowing against the tide coming out, it's much more positive, but it's obviously much harder because the North Sea is going home. I hear you calling. I'm heading in your general direction. And then if you I don't know what your map shows, but if you look, you've got the Tyne Cut, which is the oxbow that you can see. Yeah. You've got probably at least three or four, possibly as many as half a dozen other burns and streams coming in at various points. Yeah, I can see those. So the line changes constantly, and it changes depending upon the the time and the tide. Um, And unless you know what the line is, it's really, it's a great race. So let's imagine we're at the start now, as all of those wonderful crews were yesterday. I'm going to get to them, because one of the things I'm going to make a case for is it attracts people, it just attracts some fantastic crews for great rowing from as far afield as Aberdeen and as far south as City of London. Um, you're at the start. Basically, off the start, you can you can go like a greased weasel down a water slide. You, you, right, hang, you, hang on. Which way is the start? Where, where, right. where do you start from? So, h- have you found Scotswood Bridge? Right, no. Lewin. Come on, you're scientific. 
Scotswood Road. Scotswood Bridge. Right, okay, so that's going to be... It's got a roundabout by it. It's got a roundabout on the on the other side, on the Newcastle side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so, so you, you come down from Newburn, that's your warm-up, you've got 5 or 6k warm-up, you marshal around the Scotswood Bridge point. Yeah. Okay? Um, depending upon what the tide is doing, the length of the course will be different, which is always fun. When we did it at Agecroft, we went off from Scotswood Bridge, cool. uh, heading back to Newburn. And for the first two minutes, if you're in an eight, say, you can really crank it up and go like a greased weasel down a water slide. I'm sticking with that metaphor because I've just invented it and I really like it. But then you hit the, you start hitting the bends. So you come into the marina, you, you have a body of water pushing you across the river when the line is actually as close as you can get to the to the time cut. You then row around bends, which might not look significant on the map, but they are, a, it's like an S-bend that's an eternity of S-bending to, to get round. Yeah, no, and I can see it. And if you can successfully row the bend, do you remember Maddie used to yell at us, row the bend, row the bend at Agecroft? Yeah, yeah. We just carry on. You then come onto the Newburn Strait, which which as Chapman later hey, said- Wait a was, second, stop a second. Did you say that you just carried on? You When Maddie said row the bend? Yeah, we just carried on. We just rowed. No, we didn't just carry on. Did if we was going round to bow, and we whacked it on at the catch, if we go right. around to stroke, it was like build it through the middle. Right. I just thought it meant like draw up a little bit more or tapped out or, or pull down a little bit more to try and get, you know. No, you meant to support the cocks. You meant to like push it round. When did we ever support our cocks as an age croft? They we were very good. Them. We were always ready to get into a Barney with another crew if they criticised Maddie's coxing. That's a fair point. And Lucy, we have to give a shout to Lucy as well. We, yeah. we were lucky enough to have amazing coxes at, at Agecroft. And we did genuinely try to roll the bends, but it's only since I started sculling um, properly that I realised how much you can do with an oar um, to get around a bend. So you slalom around these bends. Yeah. And then you come onto the Newburn Strait, which between the bottom of the strait and just the bridge is about... 1200 meters or as chapman said an eternity in hell i can't believe that you grew up here aaron no wonder you are the way you are traumatized um and then you get to newburn and you still have to row on to around the bend to um there's a statue of a man holding an oar called blackjack so there's another 500 meters to go yeah, when you're, 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 you're going uh, you're going a fair chunk aren't you yeah, it, it's a little bit like Head of the River because it's very subject to the weather. So 2021's Rutherford actually happened in February 2022 because it was rained off and snowed off with polar bears. But basically, Loon, it's the sort of course that, that Agecroft was built for. It's a Northern Barbarians course. It's, it's basically, you've got to be tough. You've got to have a good cox and you've got to be willing to pull hard for like five and a half K. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm gonna put in for for Bedford Head. That is bold. Now you see the thing is I'd like to say Maidstone Head because but I, I think that's cheating because I rode at Maidstone for the best part of the decade and in that time uh we won the head loads of times and theoretically Aaron I have a course record there. Do you want to ring Dennis and let him know so that he can contradict you? <laughs> Theoretically, um, the, it, it's a disputed course record, like most of Dennis's course records. <laughs> um, but I can guarantee you it's not disputed by Matt Landridge. Um, <laughs> unlike Dennis's, which I think is quite cool. It's just like, well, Dennis has it. Well, actually, no, I've got the course record there. So, oh, <laughs> sorry, yeah. Matt, well, you've got three Olympic medals, so I'm going to take your word for it. Um, I think that I think that Dennis's claim to hold the course record for the head of the Mars Delta was one that we have to view with some suspicion. Yes, some suspicion. Um, but yeah, so I, I in the Maidstone Spring and Autumn heads, small boat heads, so nothing more than a quad, and we only let quads and fours go out when they're coxed. 
Mm. So there is a genuine, if there are no competitive Cox quads, there is a genuine possibility that a double can beat a lot of fours. That has happened. Mm. I like the sound of that. And so the actual head shit gets very tight at the top. And you, you can really kind of like put the cat amongst the pigeons with a good double. Um, and it's twisty and it's windy. So there's a huge home advantage. Um, and it was my home club and it was fun. And I really liked it. And we knew the course like the back of our hands. So um, we knew exactly and I knew how to rope bends. Well, there you go. There we go. We 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 rode the bends on that one, and um, went around a very tight and twisty course with a double that had no rudder on it, which was really good fun. But I'm fun. Going to, I think it's cheating to just say I'm just going to say my home my home race is the best race ever because first of all. Yes, you have to be a good waterman because you need to steer. But if you get it wrong, it's never that bad. Mm. You're just going to go into some bushes on the bank. Right. Whereas Bedford, you can really mess yourself up. Right. Now, Bedford is, there are no nutty bends. You, you, know, you don't have to be kind of like that brilliant, all S-bend here, back again, get it on the stray, get the best line. It's 2K with the stream. So that's like, it goes fast. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do a six and a half minute 2K if you're a half decent crew, which is really nice. Makes you feel like God's awesome, you know. Um, so you can hammer it down there. Mm-hmm. You're going to have at least three divisions, so you're probably going to race twice. Right. And then you've got the bridges. And the bridges are increasingly terrifying. I think there are three big bridges between about halfway and the end, and they get increasingly narrow. And the racing line is different from the line you have to take going through the bridge. And my abiding memory of the last time <laughs> with Al from the Las Vegas Institute of Sport, uh, Elvis for short, um, steering us was he left it a little bit late to come off the racing line round the bend to actually steer into the the central archway of the bridge. And so we did this massive like kind of like swing around to stroke side swing back around to bow side and then it was just like it all goes black as the bridge as we go under the bridge and it's just like blimey that that was a bit of a close one wasn't it <laughs> yeah it's probably good we're going so bloody fast and it was like literally going through it and it's like whatever happens i i was in i was in the two seat and it was like whatever happens happens to our first so he's got every motivation that we don't crash. But, you know, you can really, you can destroy your boat at the Bedford head. If you get it wrong and you're on the charge and you're, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where bow, the guy who's steering, or girl who's steering, they have to just be totally reliant on the other people in the boat to win the race for them they've just got to steer it's like this division of roles there's like there's the engine and there's the waterman and the waterman's got to get it right and it's not so bad the first time you do it um you know the the first time i ever did bedford head was in the cox four and just go down there it's like oh there's bridge blimey that's quite a narrow bridge never mind go along oh there's bridge that's that's an even narrower bridge go along Oh, there's a nice, there's a nice kind of stainless steel footbridge, which isn't particularly worrying. But the second time you do it, when you think, hang on, we're in a quad, it's going a lot faster. 
and the guy who's steering isn't looking the right way. Okay, yeah, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> this is like, you, you're just like three minutes in and you just start to think, right, okay, just be brave. Don't look around, just, just pull. Just just follow James, trust Al, and it worked. And uh, yeah, we went really, really fast that way. So I think for just sheer racing drama, Bedford Head is one of the best I've done. Are you saying that that a good head race, there's a prerequisite that it has to have an element of danger in it? Because if so, I'm going to throw York Head into this conversation. Now we're talking, because I've never raced York Head, but I've seen pictures. Yes, yeah. it's a wonderful head. And and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not just throwing it in because otherwise Hypatia will, will kill us. Um, we did it uh, again at Agecroft when we decided to, you know, be real northern barbarians and head north. And you you row out of the city. So we, we boated from the boathouse next to the bridge and we rode through beautiful um, parkland and past gorgeous houses that make you want to live there until you realise when the river rises, they are essentially underwater and so is the train station. And then there was a there was a bridge. And on the paddle up, it didn't, it genuinely didn't seem like much. You know, Lucy took us through it nicely. We, we were still kind of, you know, rolling through our warm up and we headed up to the start line and it was kind of, I remember it being sort of flat and featureless. I can't remember how twisty it was outside of the city. Um, it was a little bit twisty, I think, but it was a lovely cold, clear winter's day. And we absolutely hooned it down the course in the traditional Agecroft manner. And I just remember um, all of a sudden Lucy, I was sitting at seven, Chapman, I think was at stroke and I just remember her eyes suddenly got really wide and then they got wider and then I've never seen it before but she did a really passable impersonation of an owl her eyes were just massive and she just started yelling um harder on and the boat it was a large ape moving quickly kind of swung through the water like a hippopotamus practicing ballet and then I had the it's oh it's gone dark thing and I saw Chapman's blade because I always follow Stroke's blade I'm old fashioned like that swing out and it literally brushed the side of this stone bridge literally brushed it caught the water and then drove us round but and you know six inches either way six inches the other way fine brilliant steering actually as it was brilliant steering but six inches the other way Chapman's dead I'm wearing him in my kidneys. And we are essentially wrapped around the central the central buttress of a very, very hard bridge. And then you get around it and you go, right, I'm back. The finish line is here. We're in the city. But no, it's like Rutherford. The, 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 you've forgotten how far you've rode up from where you boated to get. The finish line is, feels like an eternity away. You've really got to dig in. It's York Head is, a, is another good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I think that's another reason why I like the twisty heads with lots of landmarks and lots yes. of dangerous things because you can break it up from like one difficult corner to the next. Yes. I, I, I think that's like, that's really good fun being able to do that. Um, I would also say I, I would give honorable mention to head of the R in Norwich. Partly it, it's not, it's not particularly dramatic. It, there isn't there isn't a sense of real it's not a very twisty river it's a twisty-ish river mm. um <clears throat> but it is it has one very difficult s bend through it which is like it's as tight as can be reasonably navigated by an eight mm. you know you you can't you have to hold up if if you were in air, you know if if you if you got it even like an inch wrong you'd have to hold up in an eight yeah. and it, it can be pretty tricky in a in a cox four with the string yeah. um so there is that one very tricky bend but for the most part it's it's a good headrest the thing is it's in an absolutely lovely part of the world and it's a Incredible in the autumn, it's an incredibly picturesque race. Incredible. So for a good for a good hard head race, a good 
hard, fun head race so far we've got. It's got to be a waterman's or waterwoman's course. It's got I to have so. It's got to have an element of danger, and Rutherford has polar bears and seals, and it has to have um, it has to have a certain amount of landmarks and or things you can look at, um, you know, like a nice landscape, or in the case of Newcastle, a post-industrial bleak hellscape. I believe was what Matt Buckner called there's, it. There's a lot to be said for urban head races, where it's just buildings going past. I, I I think it's like you need the scenery going past. So you have that feeling of speed. It, it's why I kind of just think that Peterborough Rowing Club needs to just banish its head race and just so like get people to post in their 5k ergo times. Well, I think that is a bold call and we may, we may, we may lose listeners there, but hey, Possibly. It, you know, we do this for ourselves. We're true artists. We don't care about an audience, although we would like a much, much bigger one. And uh, I for think- a sponsor. If, if you're out there, Carl Douglas, call us. Call us. We'd really yeah. like to try some of your skulls. We hear they are the bee's knees, the Stradivarius of singles uh, rowing. Um, we're big chaps, but we'll take whatever you've got. I'm just going to give a, 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 I guess, do the young people still call it a shout out to 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 people at Rutherford? Um, I think if you're sensible. If you're sensible when you do Rutherford, what you do is you go to the Tyne United side and you find Duncan, Duncan Ferguson, not the football player, the the, the retired football player, but a fantastic single scholar. And if you've never rowed on this water before, or even if you have, you have a chat with them about the best line for your division because it changes every, every time. That's a little pro tip, uh, and we'll be doing that next year when Lewin... Hodge and Jack come up to uh, carry me down the river again. So the other thing about Rutherford is I think that the universities use it as a dry run for books because it's also the books course. So we have yesterday we had University of London. Obviously, we've got Durham um, and Dan's charges did fantastically well getting beaten out of the the overall open eights category by University of London by about eight seconds, I would guess. Um, Edinburgh Uni come down, Newcastle Uni are already there. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Tyne Amateur, who whose open eight did really well against everyone else. Alex Lamble, Jennifer Lamble's son, has been in Newcastle University for the best part of a term and I've been promising and threatening to meet up with him and take him out for a coffee but owing to COVID haven't it's happening this Friday he got his first race under his belt how did he get on um I think he did I think he did pretty well the Newcastle University Open 8s are both way up at the top end of the of the first division they're in if this is right they seem to be in fourth and fifth nice. so nice. well played them and then you get Leeds. Hello, Small Oaks, Big Dreams. I uh, hope you're all doing well. We had the King School Chester. Uh, basically, if you're a rower, and even if you're a rowing spectator, it's a, just a great place to go and see good, great rowing. But we should probably mention some others. And I'm not mentioning Rutherford simply because, you know, I'm from the north and I, I have that weird thing where people from Sheffield go... Sheffield, it's the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. It's the best place in the world. And people from Manchester go, ah, Manchester, birthplace of Industrial Revolution. We realise we're just like literally... that That's the kind of like accent I should do. Right, to take the mic. You know, that, 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 that's the kind of thing to oppress my, uh, my northern minions and to break <laughs> their souls still further. You have I mean, admittedly, I can't because I, you know... You know, that's the only type of accent I ever hear on Radio 4, radio plays, because they haven't had a better idea on that particular channel than regional accents and emotional trauma as, like, a creative device since about 2006. Can we briefly sidebar into that and say if anyone listening works in Radio 4 or has anything to do with Radio 4 drama... You Can we have another series of Pilgrim, please? Thank you. Well, that as well. But can we stop? You, you, you have to raise your game. This thing of the afternoon play has to be about somebody from the industrial north. You know, it's usually the man who gets knacked in an industrial accident. Knacked is a technical term. It's probably not used, you know, south of Gateshead. Um, 
they were a proud people and a strong people, but the man got knacked and the woman held it all together, even though it was tough because she was a northern woman in a northern town in a northern time in a northern place. And he give some more stotty to the whippet lake because he looks gandy. <laughs> there's there's more to us up here than what happened a hundred years ago, thirty years ago, even 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 last week. Um. Yes. So I'm not I'm not making a claim for Rutherford simply because I'm from the next valley over. I I there was a wonderful play called Hadaway Harry uh, with Jamie Bowen in it, and we're hoping to get him on the podcast soon to talk about um, Harry Clasper and and the play and stuff. All of that, the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. So everywhere in Britain was the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. Birmingham was, Glasgow was, Newcastle was. But I've come to realise, actually, looking at the history of where I grew up, we did everything that Manchester and Sheffield did, and we did it better. We were a centre of innovation, and we exported more tonnage than you. So you can all take your regional pride and shove it. What about Chester? I have things I want to say about Chester, especially the timekeeping, even after 10 years. Um, do you think we mean, you mean Chester Head? Yeah, yes, Chester Head. Sorry. And it's um, not gone yeah, there was, there was, there was a, yeah, I, I was, oof, oh yeah. Do we, do we, do we bring up these old wounds, Aaron? That, because that, that is a long time ago, but it was very, very painful that apparently a minute got added onto our time. Yes. And also, I mean, they, they just kind of went, they put a one and then they almost just said, oh, what did they actually get for the second digit? We'll add one to that. 17, not 16, the bastards. Yes, and also that that we ended up being beaten by the University of Manchester crew that we'd quite comprehensively overtaken just just off the start. Um, so a little bit of shonkiness got. It's hard to be bitter about it because it is the land of Harry Brightmore, and and you know Harry is a wonderful ambassador for rowing. But that and it's that, an absolutely lovely head. If if you if we we take that idea of you want like attractive scenery flying past your head so you've got interesting memories of the day yeah just ahead it's one of the greatest Chesterhead is a glorious site because on the day they take all of the Cheshire wags and all of the fur coats and no knickers and they make sure that they're not on the riverbank so you see really really nice scenery it's great and it is a wonderful head with a never-ending bend just before the finish to stroke side, where you do actually genuinely, all joking aside, Maddie, if you ever listen to this, you do genuinely have to row the bend. And you, you get the you get the wonderful instructions from Dennis of when you come around the bend, when once the bows, the bows will hit a white house. You don't push off that white house. You don't push off the tree next to the white house. You don't push off the bush next to the tree next to the white house. You push off the second bush off the bush, off the tree, next to the White House. You um, it's a great head. Are we going to make a claim for Runcorn? Because we've said so much about Runcorn in the rain being the making of rowing. I I think... Do you know, do you know when they used to have those television programmes? Hmm. When it was like the 10 greatest, and it was like they, they listed them all. And it's yeah. like the 10 greatest British heavy metal bands. And they went through them all. And the best was Iron Maiden. And that was absolutely right. And that was absolutely fair. And that was absolutely correct. Mm. And then you kind of like, thought, hang on, aren't we missing something? We said, but never fear, viewers, because this program goes up to 11. And then they had Led Zeppelin. Uh, yes. See, yes. I I think that I think there is a certain transcendentness to Runcorn, particularly when it's raining. Admittedly, I've only actually ever raced it when it's been sunny, but there is a certain transcendent nature to Run Runcorn. It is the head that it is the making of a rowing at Runcorn. Yeah. It's it's I think it's one you have to do. It's like it's like there are certain tribes where where when you reach a certain age, you you have to go into the wilderness and kill a lion with your bare hands. Or I think Runcorn yep, is, is 
I thought you might have done. With me, it was a badger, but we have really big badgers in the northeast. They're just they're bison sized. Um, I think Runcorn is 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 a gateway um, head. I think it is. I think it is a head where you come of age or you okay, die. I, I think so. Um, it's. It, I think my my main issue with Runcorn is that I've never done it in small boat. And I've never, I've never had to steer it or be steered in it. And I would, I'd love to go back there in a double, in a pair, something like that, steering a quad. Um, and have a bit I of fun. I think it was a fantastic race. I think it's a, it's a great little club. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, you do have to do it in, November or December when it's sleeting down and you know you you're wrapped up in four or five layers and that's when you find out you know am I actually a waterman or am I just a guy with an ergo score? I think that's a fair point. Did did you ever when you did you ever do Northwich when you were with Agecroft? Never did Northwich, no. Which I I'm, I'm going to throw its hat into the ring on the grounds that the first time that Dennis trusted me in a four. It was at Northwich. We went off this off the line like a greased badger chased by a greased weasel down a water slide, and the person steering us took us straight into the launcher's boat, just past the the, the start line. And, um, and who was the person steering you? It was a gentleman called Mike Fisher, who who is usually who was was usually a fantastic person to have in your boat. He 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 could pull amazingly well for about ten strokes, uh, but we put him in the boat because he was an amazing steersman. Except. Because Mike was profoundly deaf and he had uh, got he'd got water in his hearing aids, he was distracted by the high pitched whistling that was that was boring into his brain like an ice pick. Forgot to steer, took us straight into the um, into the one of the mar- one of the launches of the marshals just off the start line. We still actually won. We got it back together and 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 and, and won a medal. But but the language from the marshal was um, robust. Robust, but then Mike couldn't hear. So but then Mike up. couldn't hear, so it was fine. Um, what about what what about head of the Trent, which can be a vicious, brutal, wonderful um, affair. Bad experience with that. That was one of my first ever head races in an eight, and we got swamped. We didn't even make it to start line. Right. I can I can I can see why because the times I've done it, it's always been touch and go whether it's going to go ahead because it's usually in the middle of winter. There's usually been heavy rainfall. Everything in in the Nottingham area seems to collect in the river, and even getting to the start line can be a bit of a handful. Yeah. So I mean I I have to say I've never done the full one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out another one. Okay. Henley fours and eights head. Oh, bold. Now, it doesn't have any of the proper categories. There is no hazard. You don't need to be a particularly great waterman. It is a drag race. But the brilliant thing is you can, if you've had a solid winter of training, if you've been putting the work in Mm -hmm. since October and you've been rowing together since October, you get the chance to really take on a bunch of crews who are fundamentally more talented than you. They were born more talented than you. You get to take on kind of like the Upper Thames guys. You get to take on the Henley Rowing Club. There might be some sort of like, there'll be guys up from London. There'll be guys up from Thames. And they'll they'll all be on the Tony Larkin drill. They'll be on the, we're just cycling and, uh, you know, we're just lifting weights and going for the occasional run until January the 4th. And then we'll get in the boat, then we'll get in the erg. And so you get the chance to actually properly put much better athletes than you to the sword. I mean, you can like, you can fly past crews from like, from Tideway and you can absolutely hammer it down the 3k stretch beating people one after the other so yeah bye Bristol 
and then go past the next guys and it's like right we're on thames and you got and apparently it was a bunch of guys who've like won various different races at um henley and stuff like that awesome boat and like we we'd gone through you know us furnival some scruffy little hammersmith club um in <laughs> yeah in a in a wooden um wooden struck gilbert we'd gone through about three clubs and we we had overlap with them by the uh by the end it was great and um are you adding so just to recap are you adding to our list of you know what makes a good head race so i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna add i'm gonna say if you're if you're properly dedicated particularly Mm -hmm. if you actually say we're not going to train for eight's head of the river because it's like a bit rubbish. We're going to train for Henley Force and eight's head, which is like a month and a half earlier. You're like, you've got a t- chance to make some serious scalps there. So yeah, scalpability or, or, or winability or the ability to get a pot out of it, which you know, I, I, you I, I think that's a, that's always nice. It's a, it's a good criteria. So, so far we've got it. It's got to be a, an interesting, tricky, demanding waterman's or waterwoman's course. Yeah. Um, what was the second thing we said that... Um, an element of danger. An element of danger. It, it, it's, got, it's got to be a course that you couldn't race side by side. Yes. And if you do need to overtake, you've got to judge it really well because of the <laughs> element of danger. Uh, it's got to have landmarks you can push off because Lucy's calls on the Newburn Strait of push off the gypsies' ponies, push <laughs> off the next lot of the gypsies' ponies. We're inspiring in their way. However, um, so landmarks you can push off uh, and, and some form of winnability or scalpability. What we're yeah, I think so. I, th- I, I think probably scalpability is better than winnability. Okay. I, I, you know, it's like you should never go to any race thinking, I shall win this always i think but going there and thinking yeah there are a few there are a few giants that we could slay is is a really good feeling always nice um i mean there are there are other big river regattas there there's um stuff up at at strathclyde i seem to remember and uh liverpool has head of the mersey which is on a pretty big a pretty big tidal river as well i can't speak about about liverpool i can't i don't even think i can speak about strathclyde even though dennis did send boats up there i don't think we ever got to go um Wallingford Head is really good. Yeah. Um I think the main thing about Wallingford Head is you're gonna get stuffed. It, yeah. it it's competitive. It, people are people are peaking for Wallingford Head. They're doing it like they mean it. Um yeah. other things. Um yeah, I, to be honest, I, I, I think those are my, my bestest and favouritest head races. I think so too. I, and that makes me sound like a, like, you know, not a, not a well-travelled bear, but I think the other thing as well is certain clubs have certain circuits of heads that they enjoy doing. Absolutely. And that they tend to do. I mean, Dennis's thing was, you know, if you go to anything in the Northwest and you don't win, don't bother coming back. And I, I, I thought it was a joke at first until I realized that he, he, he meant it. Um, oh, just to, this isn't technically a head, but it is um, the Tyne Long Distance Skulls events. So there's Tyne Tees and possibly the weir or it might be um yeah i think it might be the weir i'll double check that so apologies to all northern rowers but it's it's essentially like a round robin series of events held on the tees the tyne and then one other um where you get to row down some fantastic water tees is really tricky actually if, if you're into tricky courses tees can be a bugger Sorry, Kate. I'm. I'm. I don't mean to be rude about you know the, the 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 water that you row on, but it's interesting. It's it's bendy and twisty and not necessarily what you think. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to say that that sounds great. So, if you have to pick, and it's not Runcorn because we know Runcorn's the best. Yeah, obviously. What's your favourite headdress? Can I have two? Go on then. Okay, it's Rutherford, 
and it's not because I've I've disavowed the regional pride thing. Um, not I've not disavowed it. I've just said that you know the northeast was better as an industrial powerhouse, and no, I'm not going to argue about it. It's going to be Rutherford because. Do you remember what happened when Pete Holmes, brother of the late and great Andy, came to Agecroft and 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 what it did to our rowing? Before yeah, you all started going really really fast. Yeah, but what happened before we started going really really fast? Um, you shortened up a bit because, like, you had this like thing where you go the most massive catch ever. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, Pete Holmes was a kind of Fairburn Strathland devotee. He was all about the dynamic catch, the springing hit. If you want to know what that what that looks like when it's done really well, go and look at the Canadians rowing against Matt Pinson's four in the two thousand and four Olympics, and basically. Um, we had a very standard GB profile, very long, very sweeping to the finish, very Agecroft, very Northern Barbarian. And before it clicked, we went down the Irwell being catcalled by other crews, including ones with Lewin in them, um, about does your mother know you're out? Do you know that you can roll with more than your arms? Um, a up, it's the novices again, all of this stuff. And then we went to Rutherford Head and we were the first Agecroft crew to do so. And I, I think it, it, they've, they've sent the boat up pretty much every year since when they can. Uh, I know Sean's been up and done it since. We went to Rutherford Head and, you know, it was a cold, clear day. We weren't expecting much because we were getting grips with this new stroke profile. And it's one of the probably top five best rows and certainly probably the best race I've ever been involved with. We went past the crew in front of us within 30 strokes of the start. We rode in complete isolation since. Lucy's calls were amazing. The boat was like it had been set on gimbals. Uh, and it just, it all clicked. It was one of those weird things where the boat was going really, really fast. But I felt at seven like I had so much time to, you know, so much time and room. And it was, and every time we caught the water, the boat just went, off the back and just shot forward it was just a glorious so rutherford because it was it was if you ever you know bump into hancock or chapman or matt or any of us we will always say rutherford and also the night that we beat the first eight twice in night rowing uh at, at, at agecroft that was pretty spectacular so i was i was in the boat that time you were in that boat. I, ju I just like to point out i was in the boat yeah, and I'd, I'd just like to say that, that your words when we easy down in the shadow of the cathedral were bloody hell. Can we do that more often? That were great. You did a full, you did a full Big Stuart Lancastrian accent. It was fantastic. Oh, Big Stuart. Big Stu. Oh. Um, we'll talk about Big Stuart at some point. We'll, we'll talk about it. Supposed to say there are men and then there are. Then there's Big Stuart. Then there's Big Stuart. And the second one, my second, and I know we've discounted it, was the 2010 Head of the River with you, me acting as a, a mobile buffer state between you and Justin as you bickered your way up and down the course. Zach Lee Green learning that actually he really wanted to be a scholar because this sweep stuff was just for, for uncouth brutes. And it wasn't pretty and it wasn't nice and it wasn't, it wasn't, no one at Henley's going to go, here comes Agecroft, and they're, they're feathering beautifully. But we smacked it down the course like like it had offended us. And um, I just remember some ding-dong battles along the way. And, yeah, and with, with, just, the, with the green and white boat. With the green and white boat. Pull harder. Boat. The 10 hardest strokes of your life. Right, now another 10 of the hardest strokes of your life. Okay, boys, what I want are the next 10 hardest strokes of your life. It was great. It was just like pure physical. It was pure physicality. It was. Rutherford, Rutherford was pure, good, beautiful rowing, liquid rowing, Chapman called it. And Head of the River 2010 was pure, brute, wonderful physicality. Yeah. What about you? For me, um, Bedford Head. I just, I, I love the course. I love the distance. Um, every time I've been there, I've rode better than I thought was possible and it's it's always for whatever reason it's not close enough to 
West London, it's not close enough to Cambridge, it's not close enough to Oxford, the, the, you kind of get, you never get the superstar cruise there. You just get kind of, you get Doncaster, you get Burnable, you get Maidstone, you get kind of like a lot of little provincial crews having a proper battle. And it's really good fun. And um, yes, and if you get it wrong, you will destroy your boat. So there is a degree of that. Do you know that? Have you ever done a bungee jump? I haven't, but I would like to. There is a moment where you're standing at the top of the crane and you can see the big bungee going all the way down. It's attached to your ankles and it's going all the way down there and it's attached to the crane. You can see that connection. And then you just have, to, well, I just got to trust this. They've done it right or I'm dead. And the and rowing Bedford in a fast coxless boat is like that. You're going out there and it's like you come into the second half and you go through the first bridge, which I think is quite easy. Mm. And then it's like, I know what's coming next. And if Bao hasn't done this right, we're going to die. But if Bao does this right, it's going to be awesome. And so far, Bao's never done it wrong. Um, and yeah, I love it. I think it's a great head. I think everybody should give it a go. Uh, it's only 2K long. It's well, it's, it's like 2,075 meters or something. And uh, so you can do it twice or three times if you're brave in a day. Okay. Well, I think the ability to do the ability to do multiple events at a rowing event is always good because it's usually a long way to travel for a for a short burst of activity. So um, we've discounted run corn because it is the making of men and women as as rowers. That's just a given. We've discounted the head of the river because it's a it's a jamboree. It can be wonderful. It can also be cancelled as it has been about half a dozen times in the last decade. And we've gone with with Rutherford um because it's wonderful and lewin is going to try it next year work permitting um head of the river 2010 because it was just a it was just brute physicality and bedford and bedford and everyone listening to this if you want to get on our twitter feed and tell us that well you've missed walton and waybridge or you you've missed you've missed this and you've missed or that the devil's you know. elbow or all, all those things down in the west country that i've never spent enough time on yeah all of those things just write in and tell us your your favorite head it's the middle of the season enjoy it enjoy it enjoy it and i'm just going to mention because i i've just happened to notice on um a friend of ours twitter feed that he's been in hospital so this is for tez tez if you're listening to this oh we hope we hope you get better soon and yes, very um, much get well soon tez yeah once you're out of hospital or if you're in hospital and you're bored you know let me know and i'll, I'll give you a call to catch up and see how you're doing Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, our little rundown of the head races of our life and head racing in general. Hopefully we'll see you on the water. Goodbye. Yeah, and we hope that you do, because otherwise if Lewin's steering, we might just pile into you and take your heads. <laughs>